Welcome to the City View Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. So the world, the worry is piling up and the feeling of, God, do you even know your, do you even know me? Do you even remember me? God, do you even acknowledge that I'm here? God, have you forgotten me? God, I don't know if I can handle, I can take much more. God, remember me. I'm trying to get through just today. It would be nice to get through just today, but today feels like there's enough worries of its own. Today feels like it's going to take me over. God, I'm just waiting on you. God, are you there? God, I'm waiting for you to move. I'm waiting for you to act. I'm waiting for you to respond. I'm waiting for you to answer. God, do you even have a plan? How long am I going to have to wait for you, God? God, I don't know how much longer I can last. God, I don't know if you're there. God, I don't know if you care. God, I feel like I'm forgotten. Have you ever felt that way? Just sort of forgotten. You know, this morning I was having a moment, and I have moments in my life where I just sort of feel like everything is falling apart, and even though life's not, but I just, I feel that way, and I'm, this morning I had one of those moments, and I had a, I had a good morning. I got up this morning, and I was able to just spend some time reading and praying, and didn't get to church and had a good meeting with some of my team members. And um, and if you're a team member, thank you so much for serving. Um, and also, if you're on a team, don't forget we have team night next Saturday night. So make sure you don't miss that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and, and then after I had this meeting with some people on the team and we got just encouraging and then I left and I get service hasn't started yet. And I was like, God, is anybody even going to come today? Like this is a legit, this is what I thought. It's, it's weird how our minds can make you, even though everything can be good, it's weird how we can still feel like things aren't as good as they really could be or are. And so I was in that moment, I was just sort of discouraged, and I went up to, we have, there's multiple rooms upstairs, and I just went up to one of those rooms, and I was just sort of praying and discouraged, and God said, God goes, Jeremiah, I love you, even if nobody ever came back. I love you even when you fail. I love you even when you don't do a good job. Whether you do a good job or not, that doesn't change whether I love you or not. That has nothing to do with my love for you. I just love you. And so I, I'm in that, that moment. It was, just, it was encouraging. And then I was on the YouVersion Bible app. Um, if you don't have that, you should download it to your phone. And my wife had underlined a verse. And you can sort of see what other people are underlining and all that. And she underlined a verse. And I didn't bring my phone up here. It was Luke chapter 12. That's Ezekiel. It was Luke chapter 12. Verse what? Laramie? No, she doesn't know. I had my phone last time up here. Luke 12, verse. Hold on, you're all waiting on me, anxiously anticipating the next word. Six, seven. Thank you. And God said, Are not five sparrows sold for two cents? And yet not one of them is forgotten before God. Today, my, my message title is God has not forgotten you. And that's what God had been speaking to me all week. And then for that to be this sort of this morning and this moment I'm in, like God, have you even for, it's, it's just crazy how you can prepare a message and everything that God had been speaking to me all week and then I come to Sunday morning and I'm sort of like, ugh. 
And God says in verse 6, and I wasn't, I'm not even reading Luke today. And, and he says, even if there's five sparrows sold for two cents, I haven't forgotten one of them. In verse 7 it says, indeed the very hairs of your head are all numbered. For some of you it doesn't take God very long. But um, even the numbers are, are, are numbered. He says, do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. And it was just so encouraging that in that moment, um, I was just seeing a verse that, that my wife had underlined on the Version Bible app, and then I'm reading it, and I'm like, thank you, God, that even I'm not forgotten. And even that's the whole direction of today's, the, today's message of, 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 as we look at Acts chapter 6, of God doesn't forget, and he has a plan for your life. So this morning, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 6. If you want to turn there, go to the Version Bible app, go there. I'm going to pray, and let's, let's get into the Word then. Lord, thank you so much for this morning. God, I thank you that you've not forgotten us. God, I thank you that you have a plan for us. Lord, I thank you that you plan to use us and do things through us. And Lord, I thank you have a plan to do something big in our city. But there's so many people that need, it and that need you and need to know that you love them, God, and I pray that you would use us to do that. God, I ask that you'd speak to your people at churches all over the valley, Lord, whether they're at Gateway or Calvary or, Lord, maybe they're at New City this morning or Hillsong or CCV, Lord, wherever your people are, I ask that you'd meet them there. Bring about revival in their lives, Lord, I ask that you'd meet us here at City View this morning in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. So in Acts, we're continuing a study. We're, we're studying the book of Acts right now, and, and God is doing an amazing thing in this book, in this book of Acts. God is, Jesus had just died before Acts chapter 1. He rose from the dead, and at the beginning of Acts chapter 1, Jesus goes up to heaven. And so the disciples saw this. The, many of the world saw this moment, and it sort of it catapults the, the people of Israel, and catapults the disciples to start doing this work, to start living this new life. And so the disciples are start, they start sharing in their own city of Jerusalem, and we see that God is doing this movement. And, and the idea of the, of the sermon series, There Is More, is that God has so much more planned for your life, more than you could ever imagine or think. God wants to do something in and through you. It got, got, so God's word is all about, it's all about how God has so much more planned. And, and as God is doing this movement, as God is doing these things, we get to Acts chapter 6. And in Acts chapter 6, we meet three different groups of people. We meet the disciples who are probably stressed and stretched, overworked and tired. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been stressed, stretched, overworked and tired? Have you been in that moment where maybe your kids are driving you crazy, work is demanding things that you don't even know is, are physically possible, and you are just tired. You're doing, 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 going, 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 and you don't know if you're going to make it the next week. Have you ever been in that moment? I have. And then you have this other group called the, 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 the seven men. It's these seven men that we're going to meet. And they're sort of, they feel forgotten. They feel like they've been doing all this work, but they feel like nobody notices what they do. They feel like nobody values their work. Nobody values how they're working. Nobody values their work ethic. Nobody values how hard they do things. They just sort of feel unappreciated and, underwant, and unwanted. That's sort of how they feel. Have you ever been there where nobody notices you? Or, and then the third group that we see is this group called the, the Hellenistic Jewish, w the widows. These women who their husbands had died at some point. And, and in that time, in this time of history, if you were a widow, you, you were in a really bad place because you had no way of providing for yourself. You couldn't just go get a job. 
it was a very, you're in a bad situation. So you depended on other people, organizations, and in, in our case here, the church to provide for you. And, but each one of these groups, I'll bet in each one of them, they sort of felt like, God, do you even care? Do you know I'm here? The widows feel forgotten. The disciples feel so overworked. God, I can't do this much longer. And you have these seven men who have been doing things faithfully for God, and they feel like nobody cares and nobody's going to give them anything to do. So that's, that, that's what we're walking into. We're walking into this situation. There's some tension here. There, there's people who feel like nobody cares about them. The disciples feel like all they want is everybody wants to suck energy out of you. Sort of like people who have kids or you're a teacher and all they want is your time. They're like, teacher, 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 mom, 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 dad, dad, dad. Or you have those roommates, those people who just, they're just sucking every bit of life out of you. Anybody ever have those kind of people? That's the disciples. And you have the, the seven men who are just like, hey, we want to help, we want to help, but nobody's calling on them. That's the scenario. So there's this tension. But here's the thing. Even though they feel forgotten, God has not forgotten you. He has a plan for you. Just wait for it. It's a big thing I want you to get today. God has not forgotten you. He hasn't. He has a plan for you. Just wait for it and be patient. Okay? Acts chapter 6, verse 1. Now at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. So the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, It is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Here's the problem. As I shared before, you, you have these widows that are wanting, they're needing food, they're needing help. And the church is coming alongside and providing the help. But there is more people that need help than people that are willing to do the help. Isn't that almost any situation, especially at church? You know, you heard us talk about different opportunities where, where you can get, come alongside and, and help and be part of the team, whether it's with city kids or we have need help on security or, or our, our um, safety team or hello team, all those things. There's always need. It hasn't changed since Acts. And it's amazing how it says there in verse 1, it says, and at this time there were many disciples. Disciples doesn't mean leaders. It just means people who are choosing to follow God. People are saying, I, I want to know more about Jesus. I want to start following Jesus because not only did Jesus make their life better, but he was making them better at life. And so the disciples, they're, they're, multi, they're, they're seeing more people that want to follow him, but they're doing a poor job of raising up new leaders, of raising up people who can come alongside and help. They were failing in that. And some of us, you're leaders. Maybe you're leaders in your industry, you're leaders at work, and you're, you're getting burned out. You're working, 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 and you're not raising up. You're not reproducing yourself. That's what the disciples were doing. They were making lots of people wanted to follow Jesus, but they were failing and leading. You may say, Jeremiah, can you say that? Look at it. It's right there. It's evidence. Acts chapter 6. They did not reproduce themselves. That's one of the biggest problems in churches. That's one of the biggest problems in the industry. That's one of the biggest problems in workplaces. You have people who are a bunch of doers, but they're not reproducers and multipliers when it comes to um, making more leaders. So we're going to sort of see how do we solve this problem. We're going to see this here. There's an actual need. There's a group of widows who are not being cared for. They feel forgotten, ignored, and not important like God and the leadership doesn't care about them. 
But none of those things were true. The disciples were being pulled in every direction and not able to do what they were called to do. They were neglecting sharing the gospel with serving food. You see, the, God had put it on their hearts to, to share God's word and to teach people and help them grow in who they were. But they were also supposed to be multiplying. That's what Jesus did. If you look at Jesus' life, Jesus was always reproducing himself. He would take people alongside on journeys to help them teach. He sent them out in twos. And so 12 of them went out. And then he sent them out in seven and 77. He sent out more. He was multiplying and reproducing himself. But the disciples, they stopped doing that at some point. You see, we can get stuck with this burden of doing, 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 and never multiplying and reproducing. Can you imagine how the disciples felt? They saw the need and they were trying to do everything. If you try to do everything, you will do nothing well. If you try to do it all, you won't. As leaders, it's so key to be a good delegator and also to be able to reproduce yourself. It's easier to try to take on everything and then do nothing you see, the disciples, they could have come up with this plan. They could have said, okay, Peter, you take January. Um, Matthew, you take February. John, you take March. Bartholomew, you take April. And then just divided it so that they don't ever hand out any more of the work. All they've done is they, they just said, okay, you take on a little more work in January. You take on a little more. But does that solve the problem? No. It doesn't solve the problem. It keeps the problem exactly where it is. It's easy to try to take on everything and then do nothing in return. I think that is where we find them, the disciples, in this moment. Many times the reasons we don't hand things over is because we feel like we can do it better ourselves. Anybody ever do that? You don't get help. Like I, so the other day, um, my son wanted to help me build a bookshelf or a, sh a shelving unit. Um, our closet in our bedroom collapsed at like 11 at night one night. We're sleeping in bed, and all of a sudden, the whole, all the shelves, the clothes rack, everything falls. It freaked us out. And I woke up like, oh! I was ready to fight somebody. I was ready to take out the devil or whatever's in my house and kill him. Adrenaline is up. So I had to build a new closet. And my six-year-old said, Daddy, can I help? Now, is he really able to help? Not really. Does he make the job last a whole lot longer? Yes. How many of you have ever been in that moment, but it's with a fellow adult? Okay. And they want to help. Hey, I want to learn this. And you're like, oh, gosh, it'll take me twice as long to teach you. John Maxwell says this. He said, if someone can do something 80% as effective as you, delegate it to them. 80%. Now, it wouldn't be hard to find somebody who can do it 80% as good as you, right? 80%. That's almost as good as you. They may not clean as good as you. Maybe you're a, a clean kind of person. You love to have things clean. Maybe it's not exactly as you would clean things. I like things a very specific way. I do. I am picky about a whole lot of things. My, I, my, my, my mom packs my dad's bags when he goes on trips. My wife knows not to ever do that for me. Because I don't know what I might want to wear. I like to, I, I just do. I'm just picky. And so, but that, I, I'm just, there's certain things. But here's the thing. Craig Rochelle says this. If someone can do it 50% as well, now that's a risk right there. 50% as well, 
but with momentum, meaning excitement, meaning they want to learn, meaning they want to do something. Have you ever met those people that you see the potential? They have this momentum in them. They want to help, and you're like, but there's no way you're going to do it anywhere near as good as me, but there's this momentum in them. Craig Rochelle says, let them do it hand it over to them. You see, the disciples, they had a moment here, and now what were they needing people to do? Serve tables. Serve tables. Can you imagine if we did this in our life, if we said, okay, you can do it 50% as good as me. Can you imagine if we did this at work? The people you worked with, maybe you have a, a new guy on staff, or maybe there's a, a, a new lady, or, or there's a new person, you're like, you know what? I'm going I'm to train them. They're, they're nowhere near where I am, but I can get them there. Can you imagine if we did this in the industry, if we did this in work? Can you imagine if we did this as parents with our kids? And this is something that God has convicted me on so many times, and, and I do it, but I don't always do it. But imagine if we did, imagine if we did this as, as roommates. Imagine if, if we did this with people where we help people to get better at what they do. Can you imagine what would happen? But if you want to be successful, you have to have a plan for the time that you will have that opens up. Here's what's going to happen. The disciples, they're getting ready to open up all this time in their life by not serving tables anymore. But if you don't have a plan, you're going to fail. If you don't have a plan of what you're going to do with that time, then you know what? You've got a plan to fail then. So the disciples, they had a plan. It says in Acts chapter 6, verse 3 and 4, it says, Therefore, brethren, select from among yourselves seven men of good reputation, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, who may, whom you may put in charge of this task. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. You see, they knew exactly what kind of people. They knew what they were looking for. The disciples, they knew, okay, we've got to do something. We've got to have a plan. We need seven. We don't need six. We don't need five. We need seven men. And these are the kind of men we need. We need men with good reputation, full of the Spirit, full of wisdom, and re- that are responsible. If you are a leader, you need to have a plan on what you're going to do. You need to have a plan on what kind of people you're going to raise up. You need to have a plan on what kind of people that you want to use. That's what you need. If you're a business manager, if you're a leader in any way, you've got to know what you need or you're never going to get to where you want to go. The disciples knew, okay, if we want to be successful, we've got to have seven men. We need seven We need men of good reputation, full of the Spirit, wisdom, and responsible, all to serve tables. All to serve tables. And the disciples, they had a plan for their time. You see, if if they didn't have a plan, they would would fail and they would lose it all. And they said, here's what we're going to do with our time that opens up. We're going to spend more time in prayer. We're going to spend more time in study. And we're going to spend more time preaching. That's what we're going to do. You see, if you do not manage your time, your time will manage you. You get that? If you do not manage your time, your time will manage you. This is in every area of life. Those of you who are students, your kids in school, college, and you're, you're, you're doing classes or whatever you're doing, and then you have, you have time where you can be free. You have time where you can go and you can have fun right now, but you know you have a paper due in two weeks. And you can make a choice. You know what? Okay, I'll just wait. I'll do it next week. Last weekend, my kids, they had an extra day off. Wasn't there a, hol- it was a holiday on Monday? And so we said, hey, on Thursday, hey, you guys, you got to read two chapters from your book. Well, if I read it today, I'll forget. Okay. So guess what? They didn't read it Thursday. 
Friday, we say, hey, guys, don't forget. You have two chapters from the book. I don't want to do it today. I'll forget. Okay. Saturday comes along. Did they read it Saturday? No. Did they read it Sunday? No. Did they read it Monday with a happy face and joy in their life? No. We said, you guys got to read. Ah! It's like the world fell apart. But you see, they didn't plan their time wisely. There's plenty of time in their life in that week where they could have spent their time wisely, but they didn't. You see, if you do not manage your time, your time will manage you. This is something that I have really been putting into practice in my life. Monday and Tuesday are my study days for my messages. Nobody can get a meeting with me on Monday and Tuesday. I have set apart those days, and those are set for only those days. And I spend my time doing that. You're like, it takes you that long? It takes a long time to read and study and accurately understand what is happening in the Scripture with culture and everything. Wednesday and Thursday, when I, am, when I do that on Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday opens up to my meetings and all the other things. But I have to manage my time. And ever since I've done this, it allows my Wednesday and Thursdays to be so much more creative and so much more fun of a work day. So the disciples, they had a plan. And it says in verse 5, the statement found approval with the whole congregation. And they chose seven men. They chose a guy named Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, a man named Philip, and then they chose a whole bunch of other guys with weird names. I'm not even going to attempt. I mean, I've read them all week, but I just will, I'll botch them, I know. And it says, and they, these men were brought before the apostles, and after praying, they laid hands on them. Can you imagine now what it was like for these seven men? I wonder if they were just waiting for an opportunity. I wonder if they had thought that God had forgotten about them. Maybe they felt like they will never get a chance of, uh, to do something on their own. They just wanted to be used by God to do something. Maybe they felt overlooked, underappreciated, undervalued, and forgotten. Have you ever felt this way? Maybe you're trying to make a sports team, you're on the team, and you feel like your coach never notices the one thing you do right. Have you ever felt like the only thing people notice are the one thing you do wrong. Have you ever felt that way at work? It's like the only thing your boss ever sees is when you make a mistake. And you're like, but you didn't see all the other good things I did. And they're like, oh, well, you messed up on this one. Like, you're a jerk. I quit. Have you ever felt that way maybe as a spouse? Your husband or wife, you just feel like you can never win. They never notice you. They never value you. They never appreciate you. They, ne they never really show you that they love you. Sort of feel forgotten. Many times when this is how we feel, we allow that feeling to overtake and to consume us. And it makes us feel apathetic and numb. And I wonder if these seven men, I wonder if, if they could have ever gotten that way. I wonder if there are moments where they're like, God, we have been serving you faithfully for so long. I keep asking Peter if I could help, but he never lets me help. I keep asking John, John, I could serve that table. John, I could help you, but they never want to help. Can you imagine what it was like for them? Can you put yourself in their shoes for a moment? And I wonder if there were other seven men. I wonder if there's another guy. There's another guy named Bob. 
I wonder if, if Bob, you know, maybe Philip wasn't one of the top seven. Philip maybe is the new guy. But maybe there was a guy named Bob. And Bob was one of those guys, and everybody's like, man, Bob is such a servant. But at some point, Bob got discouraged. And at some point, Bob gave up. And at some point, Bob said, you know what, I'm not even going to hang out anymore. I'm just going to leave. I, I wonder if there was a Bob, because how many times have we been that Bob? We feel like, you know, I just can't. I'm not going to wait any longer, God. You've forgotten me. And we just give up. I don't know. I'm just assuming because I've seen Bobs or Phillips or, or people like that in, in our life, I've been that guy where I'm like, you know, I'm just not going to wait. Or there's those people that, you know, you play those games or you do those things. You're just like, maybe the next time it's going to work. Maybe the next time it's going to happen. Maybe the next time. Maybe somebody's going to know. You have those people who are pursuers, who they're not going to quit until they see it happen. That's these seven men. Here's what set these seven men apart. Three things set these seven men apart. Number one, they were available. They didn't care what the job was. They just wanted to be, they just wanted to have an opportunity. They were available. They were prepared. They had good reputations. They spent time with God. They were full of the Spirit, and they were learners. They were prepared. Imagine if, if they were one person at church, they are like, hey, yeah, you know, and then at work they were lazy. Or maybe at church you have that lady, she's super nice, hey, then as soon as you turn your back, she's like, man, she's so nasty. I can't stand that girl. Man, why why'd she even wear that today? It's not even cute. Looks terrible on her. Ugh. And what if that was them? But you see, the disciples, or these seven men, they were prepared. They had a good reputation. Everybody knew what kind of person they were. And not only were they available, not only were they prepared, but they were ready. As soon as they were given a task, they could jump in and do it. They had been watching. They had been aware. They saw the situation. They saw the need. Okay, we see this need to serve tables. And as soon as Peter and John, the disciples, were like, we need seven guys to serve tables. Like, we've seen you do it. We're ready to go. They were ready to go in that moment. They didn't need to wait any longer. These guys were just asked to serve tables, and they were amazing men. Have you ever thought something below you? Because they could have been like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm full of the Spirit. I am a godly man. I don't serve tables. They could have said that, but they didn't. Have you ever felt something below your pay grade? Philip could have been like, do you know what I do for work? I mean, I serve. I love God, and I serve here, but I own my own business. I own my own practice. I'm a doctor. I, I have franchises. Do you know what I do? And you want me to serve tables for widows. God says, yeah, because they are important to me. None of these guys thought it too low to them. I love how we see how important these ladies are to God. God doesn't pick seven sloppy guys because it's serving tables. You could have picked, I mean, how many of you eaten dinner and you watch that guy serving your table or cleaning up your table and you're like, wow, I'm amazed you can even handle this job. Have you ever seen that person? And you're amazed at them, and you're like, how do they still have a job right now? They are so lazy, they can't even, I mean, just watching them clear off the table, like they can't even wipe the entire, have you ever seen that person that they can't even wipe the entire table? Isn't that what you sort of would think would be the person serving the tables? I mean, you don't need somebody with like an amazing, like anything. It's like you don't need this amazing task of a person that can understand everything. No, but you see, God picks the best of the best to serve his best.
God doesn't pick his sloppy seconds. God picks the number one. You see, serving people is never an entry-level job to God. Serving people is never an entry-level job to God. Standing at a door and saying hi to somebody at church is not an entry-level job to God. Loving people is not entry-level. Serving God's kids is not entry-level. What the world sees as least important, God sees as top priority. These ladies were top priority to him. And we see what God picks. And it says, when the disciples do this, when they see this need, it says the word of God, it kept on spreading and the number of disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem. And great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. And we see God move. We see that these ladies, they didn't care who helped. It was just a matter of somebody helping and we see God move. We see when the disciples were willing to hand things over and not try to hold all, all the leadership and responsibility when they handed it out, we see God move. We see when these seven men, when they were willing to be used, we see God move in a bigger way. When God's people are flexible and open to him to use them, so much more can be done. When God's people say, okay, God, I want to be used by you, so much can be done in your life. People's lives were changing around them. Even people who wanted nothing to do with God, their lives were changing, these priests. So you may think, God, do you care? You may be like one of those seven. God, do you notice me? God, has anybody noticed me? God, has anybody noticed that I'm here? Has anybody noticed that I, I, I want to try, I've, I've changed, I want to do something new? Maybe you're like one of those widows, and you're like, God, have you forgotten God, am I just not as important as everybody else? God, maybe they're more important than me. Maybe you're like a disciple. Maybe you're somebody who's been taking on more and more and more, and you've added these things to your life, and you're unwilling to hand out. But you realize, okay, God, maybe I need to trust people. Maybe you need to take some steps and trust people and, and learn more. Maybe it's just a matter of learning to multiply and reproduce yourself. See, never give up on God. Never think something is too small. Never believe that God has quit on you. Never believe that God has forgotten you. He may just be testing your faith, checking your availability, seeing if you are open-handed. When God's people are open to being used, great things happen. God is looking to use you. Are you ready for that work? God has not forgotten you. He has a plan for you. Just wait for it. Just wait and watch what he does. Because when the disciples were willing to hand things over, in Acts 6, we see that God did some amazing, radical things. All he needed were a few people to say, God, I'm available. I'm prepared. And I'm ready. And he said, let's get to work. Lord, I thank you. God, I thank you that you are a great God who does great things in a great way. Lord, I ask, God, that you would use us. So for those of us who maybe we feel like we've been sitting on the bench, Lord, may we get off of that bench and start looking for opportunities that you would use us. Lord, maybe we feel like we are forgotten, we have been forgotten, and, and you don't, you're not aware of us being there. God, I pray that we would realize that you remember us, that you love us, and you have not forgotten us.
Lord, maybe we are like the disciples and we just need to start delegating and learning how to lead better. Lord, I pray that we would look for those ways of leading and learning. God, I thank you that you have a plan to use us. God, I ask that you'd speak, continue to speak to us this morning and use us here at City View. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. For up-to-date series information, find us on social media at CityViewPHX or go to cityviewphx.com.